that you're here. Merry Christmas. You all look amazing. How many of you have lights? Like you, you're, you're lighting up as you walk or as you move. A few of you. You're, you're not raising your hands, but I know you're out there. How many of you jingle? You make noise. I hear you. Yes. I love it. Uh, Steve, I noticed last service you still have a sticker on yours. Well, it was a sticker they're giving out out there. Oh, it's not, the, it's not like the sale price sticker. <laughs> total lot. That was from last year. I totally thought it was like press here on yeah, the sweater. Yeah, if it would say like two bucks it, if it was a price tag. And then it lights up. I don't know. Who knows? I had people ask me like, did I custom make this? And I tell them I went on Amazon and found wow, the cheapest thing you, that had like a surf thing on it. They gave you a lot of credit for that. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. And if you know Steve, that's Steve in a nutshell right there. He knits. Thanks. He knits. Cheap. No. Cheap oh. surf <clears throat> Amazon. Yes. Right? <laughs> well, you know, but what was up with the eight maids of milking? That, that weird one to pick. The whole song is Did weird. Did any of you feel weird about that? Like I'm going, I'm, this is a weird song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, I think we have a sermon prepared okay, for Sorry. everyone today. It's third service. We've got all the time we need. That's so good. So whether you're here with us live and in person or you're joining us online, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, Scott kicked off a new sermon series last weekend called A Christmas Carol, and he started us off with Christmas past. Today we get to talk about Christmas present. And, you know, at Christmas time we celebrate Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us. And in the book of John it says that God became flesh and he moved into the neighborhood. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like to experience Christmas present, God with us. And I have some incredible friends up here today because the way that you experience and know and trust and see Christ in you, working through you and around you, is going to look different than the way that we get to know and see and experience that. And the way that the person seated next to you gets to know and see and experience that. And so I think we're gonna start with Cheryl today because she is a fresh and new face for all of you today. Cheryl is a dear friend of mine, someone who I continue to learn from, who just brings life and joy and encouragement into my life. And I know you are a lifelong learner and you have learned some new things in the last couple of years. So would you start us off there? Yes, thank you, Carissa. Good morning, everybody. Um, it's good to see you. So yes, I consider myself a lifelong learner. And I would say about a year, 18 months ago, I decided to experiment with something different that I had never done before. I grew up in church, so I knew a lot about church, the Bible. I had been taught a lot about God and Jesus. Um, but I just felt like maybe there was something different and maybe something that would work, work better for me. So I decided to experiment and try some contemplative or meditative um, practices. Now, uh, that was a challenge for me because my mind likes to be busy and my body likes to be busy. So those things don't naturally fit with contemplative practice. <laughs> so I had to learn to just set up a place, a safe space where my mind and my body and my heart could all integrate together. And I found through practicing, um, because I didn't do it right the first time, and I still don't do it right every time, it is a practice, I found that if I could do that, that my sense of Jesus became much stronger. 
and I could feel him with me. So just to give you a couple of examples of what that might look like practically, I would perhaps read a short passage of scripture several times and just kind of pausing between each time. But it wasn't like a study. It wasn't like Bible study. It was more just to read it and then to wait and to receive whatever it was that God wanted to say to me in that moment. So that's one example. Another one is something called imaginative prayer, which I had never heard of before, but I really like it. And that is where you might read a passage from the New Testament, one of the stories about Jesus, and you would sit and really vividly imagine what was happening. I mean, you would think about the weather, the people there. You would actually put yourself in the story as a spectator. And so in doing that, I really started to feel like I knew Jesus, like I was with him and I knew him. And so through doing those kinds of things, I recognize him now. I, you know, it's not like God is with us. That's a nice thing to say, especially at this time of year, Emmanuel. But I really know that God is with me. And uh, so that's been, that's been life-changing, really, for me. I am, like I've said before, I'm fascinated with people like you and, and people who are able to kind of move into this kind of world. Um, I'm a little bit jealous because I'm a little ADD or something, and it's, it's hard for me. But I'm interested, like, how, what was that? Was that, like, a personal growth thing? Was that something, did something kind of trigger you to move in that direction? Like, what, what pushed you into that world? Uh, one of the things was um, we were in the middle of the pandemic and we were very restricted in what we could do. And I am a major extrovert. So I like all the people and all the events and all the things all the time. And we couldn't do that. And I realized that I was very lonely. And so I needed a friend. <laughs> So I thought, Jesus might be a good friend. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what prompted me to try something different because just the way it was going was not working. You know, it's kind of, when we met earlier, it's kind of when I met you, and we were talking about some of the authors and the books, and yeah. we have very similar tastes yes. in Dallas Willards and Richard Rohrs and some people that really helped you along. But it was fascinating to think how different, like, it's been years looking at that mm -hmm. and where it hasn't driven me into like that contemplative when we're talking about experiencing God right so that's mm -hmm. where our knowledge of God I do it like probably more now than I have in years but that's not the place where I'm finding myself like experiencing or acknowledging it but it's folding over into everyday life right so I was the same way as you Alex when you were talking about man I want that you're, the spark in your eye the like the the experience you're having with Jesus but to me, that has a struggle with that experiential side. It's kind of folded itself over in my everyday acknowledgement of the truth of that he is with me. And I, I was thinking, I never thought about this until this morning. I think at eight o'clock we were talking. And when you left, I thought, man, after I do a workout, I usually do a time of breathing where I just kind of take some deep breaths in and let it out and concentrate on my breathing. That's a very... Uh, healing moment, you know, after a workout. And then I started thinking, but all or throughout the day, I don't breathe any less. I can't. And I was saying, like, whoa, I mean, even though I'm not focusing on breathing, I am breathing. Right. And I think that 
that's what my life's become a little bit more of, like just recognizing the breathing in the sense of God breathing in, he's here with, mm-hmm. he always with me. And so where I sat there and said, I'm gonna try some of these things you talked about. I've heard it three times now and I'm gonna, I'm, it's getting me some things, but it's kind of folded over to where I'm not looking for that experiential like, whoa, I'm experiencing something, but I'm, I'm looking more for the acknowledgement of the recognition of God's presence throughout the rest of my day, more so than during that contemplative time, you know? And, and that's changed my life. That's given me an awareness that I need because my mind can go too. And it was just cool to have the same authors, the same books, but a different like place we've gotten to with that. But it was super fun. Like I felt like it was a neat conversation. And yeah, so that, that's kind of where my acknowledging experiencing comes from, which is different than at my times. I do it every morning. I love it. It's a special time, but it's not where I feel like I'm experiencing as much. I want everyday normal experience to be the experience. Yeah. And, and that's been something that I've had to work on and it's been really cool for me. Yeah. I think uh, when you're talking about like that, that experience with God, and it's so cool because there's so many, like, you, like we were going to talk about, there's so many different ways, you know, there's so many different avenues and things like this. For me, the experience with God, obviously, it comes through music for me. I, I, and it's not about like when it, I nerd out over like the musicality of a song, right? Like, the, oh, he's playing this or they're doing this or whatever. Um, but when it comes to the words, that's what I connect with. And, and, you know, and not to put any song down, not trying to do that, but like God's great dance floor. (laughs) I don't like that song at all. Like, it's fine. It's like, if you want to play it in the background, that's totally cool. But I don't want to like. So we can't make a song request for next weekend? If you do it, I will do it. You're welcome to email (laughs) info at ranto.tv, God's great dance floor. (laughs) Absolutely. God's great dance floor. And it's been, there's been opportunities where, you know, we're on stage and a pastor will turn around, not Scott, promise, and uh, turn around and say, play God's great dance floor. And I'm like, I am obedient before anything else, I guess. So let's try this. (laughs) Um, But the thing is like, you know, I think about like one of the lines in the bridge, first off, God's great dance, it's not. But um, one of the lines in the bridge uh, says, uh, all of heaven shouts, let the future begin. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. What is that? Not so, but when there's, there's times where I really, really connect with words and it's something I want to say to God. And when I, you hit that stride and it's something that you want to say to God, it takes it away. Scott and I talked one time. It takes it away from I'm repeating these words till I'm, I'm moved into worship now. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's times where I, like sometimes I'll just be playing guitar and, and sitting, really doing nothing, just playing guitar and, or a song will pop in my head. That sounds like this, you know. And I remember specifically one time, it's happened a few times, but specifically this one time I was playing and it was a song, um, I, I, I recognized what my hand was doing and I was like, oh, that's that song. And I start singing mm-hmm. along to it and I'm not even really thinking about it. It's kind of like under my breath kind of deal. And then I got to the bridge of this song mm-hmm. and as I started declaring the words of this bridge, I just started crying. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those moments where it was like, I'm, it's like my soul needed something and I didn't even know, you know, mm. but when I got into how I worship and how I experience God, it brought it out of me, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's, there's times where you can, f- like, there's people who don't like 
music. Like they're not, like they like it, they're not into it kind of deal. And it's so cool to me because they experience God just as much as I do. It's not this like, oh, because music, it's more emotional and I'm more, it's nothing like that. They experience God just that we all experience God, have the avenues and we're equipped to experience God the exact same way through all different types of avenues. But Mm -hmm. yeah, mine would be, mine would be through music. I, uh, I was raised in the church, and so uh, from a very early age, it was kind of just put into my head and my heart that the way, the way that you experience God is through reading your Bible and praying. Those are the things that that's how you experience God. And so um, just growing up with that, I found that not to be true in my life mm-hmm. in the sense that I wanted it to be true. I felt like I was always searching for God in some yeah. way. And I felt like I was doing the right things, mm-hmm. but I didn't get that real sense of God. And, and I know that for many, mm-hmm. reading and praying is a very real way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just didn't jive with me for some reason. However, God wired me, didn't wire me that way. And um, a verse kind of changed my life on that. And it was First John four twelve, And it says that no one has ever seen God, but when we love one another, his love is made perfect. And I kind of interpret that into saying like, when we love one another, that's when we really see God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been so true in my life. And it's one of those things where um, no one can take that away from me. No one can say that's not real because it's been so real in my life. When I've been at my worst and someone has come and speak, spoken hope into my life or been there for me, that is when I've really sensed the presence of God. And so when we say these things like, God is with you, God is present, God will never leave you, um, that's way out there for me. But when it's right in my face and I need someone to be there for me and they are there, that's when I see God is with me. Um, and it could be just things like forgiveness, you know, people that don't need to forgive me, but do anyway, typically like my kids and my wife, you know, that's when I experience the forgiveness of God is through those relationships. When someone comes up to me and goes, Hey man, you did a really good job at that. Or you're really good at that. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of encouragement is, it, it just feels like it comes from the spirit of God right into my soul and fills me up. And that's just that's my everyday kind of thing, like you're saying, like every day. And so it gives me like this fun when I'm doing okay. You know what I mean? Like it gives me this fun way of experiencing life. And then, you know, when things don't always work out, I'm like, but you know, when I'm in a good place and I'm experiencing people, you know, I can really sense the presence of God. You know, I, I love this because one of the things I think in my, I like to say growth or whatever, is where I can begin to experience God through other people's experiences and, and not needing to have it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan, I mean, him and, and worship and music, you're always trying to get me to listen to a song. He's <laughs> like, Steve, listen to this song. Don't do, not doing it for me. But so instead of sitting there fighting, I need to experience it that way. I kind of have learned to experience it through the beauty of like what God does in your life. You know, listening to you early, I'm just like, this is awesome. And you used to, in my past, it'd be like, I need that. I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. And it's not as much that way anymore. Now it's more like, what a beautiful thing. And it's mm-hmm. given me just a bigger picture. And I've watched people come alongside you and your family. And it's, and it's kind of become this idea that that whole, you, you talked about peace and joy that this has done in your life. That's what the kingdom of God in Romans 17, it says it is, peace mm-hmm. and joy in the spirit. Yeah. And it's become more of a intelligent reader. My son calls it like being an intelligent reader. He's a, he did a linguistics in college, like an intelligent reader of books, but also people in situations. And you can read and experience through others without needing to experience it yourself. And now you're getting this bigger picture. That's mm-hmm. become a little bit more of my journey. Sounds and like I the body it. of Christ. Yeah. Like when the, when the apostle Paul describes yeah. the body, yeah. 
That's what I think of when you're describing this. Yeah, when we come to maturity and the fullness. Yeah, yeah. right. The fullness isn't us all being the same. Right. The fullness is us like finding something in others, seeing the beauty in it and not needing it myself, right? Because I could become just as like greedy towards, I want what you have, I want what you have, you know, instead of like, I'm just experiencing what you have and that's awesome, but it's me who needs to kind of keep moving in my... There's a quote in a a C.S. Lewis uh, book, he kind of brings this up where it's, if you take this example, if we're all in darkness, there there was uh, people who were like, you know, I got to fit the mold of Christianity or of walking with Jesus or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have to fit a certain mold and look a certain way and act a certain way and all this stuff. But if you take that, this example, if we're all in darkness and Jesus is the light, right? And he shines the light on you. The more light that is shown on you, the more that you realize how different you look or act or, you know, than the person beside you. The light reveals to you who God created you to be. And it's not meant to be something where now you have to fit this mold or this. Now you get to experience who God has created you to be in his light. And you see how different that is than someone else who is also in the light of Christ. Mm -hmm. And you're not trying to change them. They're not trying to change you, but you're loving each other's experience and being in that light together. Yeah. So this for me is part of what it means to be a diverse community of friends, to see and to celebrate the love of God in Christ in each of you and in each of you. And it looks different and we sense it differently and we see it differently and we feel it differently. But I need the way that Christ shows up in each of you. And the way that that happens uniquely in your lives has already been a gift to me and continues to be a gift to me. And I think that's part of the beauty of the body of Christ. Will you thank them uh, for sharing with us today? Love that. And you know, the other thing that I want to make sure that we cover today is we talk about what it looks like to be aware of Christmas present, aware of Emmanuel, God with us, is that there are going to be, and probably already have been for many of you, seasons, times in your life when God has seemed distant, when God has felt absent, when you look back and you think God felt so close or he was speaking so loudly or he was working in the most apparent ways and then all of a sudden it seems like it just dries up. Or maybe for you, it goes a bit further than that and in addition to that distance that you're sensing, there's some despair and some darkness and you don't have a, a reason for it and you're asking God for something different and you're wanting something different and you're spending time in prayer and you're spending time in worship and in the word and you're here or you're watching online and it still just feels dark. If that's part of your experience, I want you to know that you're not alone. And I want you to know that it's not only you who has had an experience like this. I think it's part of a universal and collective experience that we have when we follow Jesus for any amount or length of time. I want you to know that some of the heroes of our faith, men and women whose books we have been reading for centuries, experienced what they would describe as deserts and dark nights of the soul. You know, it was about two years ago that I looked at my husband Ryan in November when we would normally start decorating our house for Christmas because in our house, Christmas is a progression. It doesn't all go up in one day because that's kind of impossible. But I looked at him and I said, honey, 
I don't even want to decorate for Christmas this year. I was in the midst of what I would describe as a personal dark night of the soul. And I did not know when or if that darkness was going to lift. And I couldn't find God in the midst of it. I was walking completely by trust in that season. I can look back and see now quite clearly that God was with me in that. And so that's what we're talking about today. Christmas present, Emmanuel, God with us. Christ is in us, working through us and all around us. Whether we see, feel, hear, experience or not, that is the reality that we are invited into. And the reason that I can know this and that I can trust this is the Apostle Paul writes in the New Testament and he uses a phrase more than any other phrase. And the phrase is, in Christ. You and I are in Christ over and over and over again. You are created new in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. Nothing will ever separate you from the love of God in Christ. He uses that phrase more than 167 times. Now, moms and dads, what do you know when someone is repeating something over and over again? That it's important, that you really want them to get it, that it's really important, and so you repeat it over and over and over again. How many of you know your kids are gonna grow up one day if they haven't already, and they're gonna tease you about the phrases that you used over and over and over again? This is one of those phrases. This is the phrase that Paul uses over and over and over again because he wants us to begin to integrate this truth into our lives, that we are in Christ. And so let's take a look at the first passage of Scripture. It's not the first passage where he uses it, but it's the first one we're gonna talk about today because here's the thing. There's no way that I can capture everything that the Apostle Paul was trying to communicate to us in one sermon today. I'm gonna scratch the surface for us. But even just scratching the surface of it is gonna be a gift for us. So in Colossians chapter one, verse 26, Paul writes, this mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone. Now this is important. Everyone, every person, every personality, every temperament, every history, every story, every person who's carrying different wounds and different histories, everyone, not just the Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. And the mystery in a nutshell is this, Christ is in you. The mystery in a nutshell is this, Christ is in you. And then he goes on and he says, so therefore, because of that, because of that mystery, because of that truth that Christ is in you, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. Now, I wanna stop there with you for a second. Have you ever noticed that when we are in church, we sing songs and we read scriptures that use words that we really don't use in our everyday life? I mean, when was the last time that you said, oh, that shirt is just glorious? It, we don't use the word glory, typically. I mean, how many of you have used it in the last week when you weren't quoting scripture? Nobody, right? 
but there's so much richness and depth to these words. And the way that we have translated them into English, sometimes we lose some of that richness in that depth. So I spent some time this week because I wanted to be able to wrap my head around what does this word mean? That we get to share in God's glory. So that word, part of it means dignity. In the original Greek, that we get to share in the dignity of God. It's honor resulting from a good opinion, that we get to share in the honor of the good opinion of God. It's the nature and acts of self-manifestation. The word that came to mind to me this week was that when we share in the glory of God, we get to share in the revealing of God. That as he reveals himself to me and to you and to one another, that that's part of his glory. What God essentially is and does exhibited in whatever way he reveals himself. His glory, God revealing himself in us and through us and all around us, we get to share in that. That's part of what it means to be in Christ. And then in Ephesians chapter one, Paul writes again, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. So here we are with that word again. Part of the overall purpose that he's working out in everything and everyone. Everyone is included. Everything is included in this mystery in Christ. And then a couple of verses later, he goes on and he says, I ask. This is where Paul says, we're just gonna pray. I'm gonna pray over you, I'm gonna pray for you. And this is not just for the people that were alive and breathing while the apostle Paul was writing this. This is his prayer for you and for me as well. He says, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent, discerning, and knowing. Now, those three words are really important, and they don't all mean the same thing. He's talking about knowing in our mind, experiencing and connecting and knowing God in our thoughts, in our thinking, and then also experiencing and knowing God in our heart, through our relationships, through our emotions, and then finally through our actions and our instinct and our intuition. These are three ways that we all process information. The thing is though, most of us have one primary way we process information. You're you're a thinker, you like to study, you like knowledge and and that feels good to you. Or you're heart-centered and you're a feeler and your relationships are the most important thing in your life. Or you're action-oriented and you're always getting things done. And all of those are valuable and none of them are more important than the other. But what the Apostle Paul is praying is that we would learn to integrate the three, our head, our heart, and our action, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. And then he says, your eyes focused and clear. And I think this is an important part as well. It's about what am I paying attention to? What am I noticing? Am I in the present moment right now? Am I curious? about God? Am I curious about what I'm experiencing? Am I focused? Am I aware? Am I clear? 
so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life. So there's that word again. And, and you can almost see in the scripture that Paul is really struggling to try to communicate to us in words how incredible this mystery is. How incredible and glorious and immense and unimaginable it is to live in Christ. Because he goes on to say, he has for his followers the utter extravagance of this work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. And I could go on and on. We could be here all week. I won't, because I know you're hungry. I am too, and it's time to eat. But can you see how Paul here, I mean, I think he's really wrestling and trying to figure out how to put into words what's possible for us when we focus on being in Christ, on Christmas present, that there's more joy and more peace and more goodness available to us than we can even imagine or comprehend. And so here are a couple things that I think we can see from Paul's writings about being in Christ today. The first one is that Christ is in you working through you and all around you. I like what Steve was talking about when he said, it's like your breath. In some moments, you're aware of your breath and you're intentional about your breath, but it's not that you stop breathing an hour later. In some moments, we're aware of God, we're focused on God, and then when we focus our attention on something else, it's not that God has left. Christ is in us, working through us and all around us, whether we're aware of it and paying attention to it or not. And so do you know what that means? Do you know the good news that comes from that? Part of the good news, because remember, I can't give you everything in one sermon. Part of the good news that comes from that is that you are not alone. Never in one moment of your life, your history or your story, have you ever been alone. Never will there be one moment in your present experience when you will ever be alone. Never will there be one moment in your future experience when you will ever be alone. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And I love what Cheryl shared with us when she was talking about what prompted her to experiment with something new is that she was lonely. And we all know what that experience is like. We've all been lonely but we are not alone. We are in Christ. And then the Apostle Paul allows us to see that we are actually invited to know and experience and participate in the love of God in Christ. That, that we get to become more aware of it, that we get to uh, pursue it, that, that, that this is this gift that we are given, but that we can focus our attention on it. Dallas Willard is one of my favorite theologians, and he helped me understand grace in such a profound way a few years ago. You know, grace is this gift that God gives us of love and goodness and peace and joy that we just, we can't earn it. It's a free gift. It's given to us. What Dallas writes is he says that grace is opposed to earning. It's not opposed to effort. And I think what Cheryl pointed out for us, what some of the others have shown us, what you've experienced is that to be focused on the presence of God, the Christ in us and all around us, effort helps us to become more aware. Those practices, those experiments, those times when we kind of shift our attention to, all right, God, what are you up to? 
What's going on? And then we see that focus helps us to see and grasp the goodness the immensity, the glorious riches that are available to us in Christ. That even when we experience those deserts or those dark nights, even when we're not feeling the peace and the joy and the love, that God is with us. He is still Emmanuel. He is present. He is still at work. He is still moving. Uh, when I was walking through one of the hardest seasons when God just felt really distant and it was just dark and, and, and tough and hard, there was a, a verse in the Old Testament that talked about God at work behind the scenes in our life. And I just kept coming back to that verse over and over again, just trying to trust. God, help me to trust. Help me to believe in my unbelief that you are at work even behind the scenes in ways that I can't see right now. And so if you're in a season where you're having a hard time seeing, you're having a hard time feeling, you're having a hard time knowing, I want you to know that that is okay. That's part of the human experience. God is there with you too. And so I wonder if maybe the challenge for us this next week could be if this is all new for you and you're just discovering that Christ is in you for the first time, maybe you begin to experiment with some things that feel natural to the way that God has wired you. If it's music, go for it. If it's prayer, go for it. If it's study, go for it. If it's people and relationships and conversations, go for it. Start there. Experiment with that. And if you've been doing this for a while and you know Jesus and you've been living in Christ for a while, what if you experimented with doing something that doesn't come naturally for you? And it could be anything. It could be more than even the ideas you heard on stage today, friends. There are countless ways to focus on what it means to be in Christ, to focus on God with us. So I kind of thought it'd be fun for us to experiment together a little bit today. And I'm gonna lead you through something that is outside of my comfort zone and I'm gonna invite you to participate in something that is a little bit outside of your comfort zone, maybe. And so what's gonna happen is the worship team's gonna come out and they're gonna get settled again because they are gonna close us in a song that I hope will be a powerful reminder for you as you go into the week. And before that, what we're gonna do together is we're gonna practice a breath prayer. Now, this is not something that I have made up. This is not something that I created or designed. This is an ancient practice that the heroes of our faith have been leaning into for centuries, writing about for centuries. You see, our physical body is only capable of being in the present moment. It's our thinking and our mind that jumps ahead to the future or goes back to the past. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need moments to reflect on the past. That's how we learn. And we need the hope that comes with the future. And next week, Scott is gonna to talk to us about Christmas future. Those are good and they are important. We also need moments where we are fully present. And one of the ways that we can access that is through our breath. Where we do what the Old Testament described as be still and know that I am God. And so if you're able, I'm gonna invite you to stand. And then 
you can get comfortable. You can close your eyes, you can keep them open, um, but you are going to kind of listen to my voice lead you through this. Yes, you are welcome to stand. Maybe I, I think I confused you, I'm sorry. I'm not a teacher and I, I never taught school. And so somebody give me some pointers on how to give instructions after the service, please. <laughs> so what's gonna happen is I'm gonna lead us through the breath prayer. And then the team is gonna close us in a song. And so you can keep your eyes open. The words for the prayer will be on the screen or you can close your eyes if that helps you get rid of some of the distraction and just listen to my voice. But what I will do is I will prompt you to inhale and then I will speak the scripture over you and prompt you to exhale. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna just try to get really present in the moment. And if you have little thoughts that flip through your head, don't worry about that, just let them go. And so let's pray together. God, thank you for this moment. Thank you that we get to be together celebrating Christmas present. Emmanuel, God with us, that your son, Jesus, is in us and working through us and all around us. And so God, as we maybe stretch a little right now, we're grateful that you are here and that you never leave us. Help us to focus our attention, to clear our minds. And so as we inhale, be still and know and exhale that I am God. And inhale, be still and know and exhale that I am. Inhaling again, be still and exhale and know. Inhale, be. Exhale, still. Inhale, be. And exhale.